1: Hello, welcome to the Analyst Inside Cricket. This podcast in association with TNT Sports,
0: and it's me, Simon Hughes, and me, Simon Mann. Oh, (sighs) ravijadeja! Please, Uh, another apres. It's another no. reprise for the Ravi Tadeja no. song.
1: Oh, dear. Uh, that's, that's sad. Well, it's sad if you're an English fan anyway. Although, an interesting cricketer to watch, undoubtedly. And he helped England's cause slightly, didn't he, <laughs> by uh, running out his partner with uh, India really on top. But I suppose they've ended the day. Pretty much on top. Uh, I'm not going to go back to uh, the previous test match and say I think England will bowl India out for (laughs) under 400, which they were in the same sort of situation as they were uh, today, as they were in the last test match. And I said, Well, England have got a chance of bowling out for 400 and getting back in the game. And you said, I'm not sure about that. And you were right.
0: Yeah, three twenty six for five. It feels, and I think it felt before the game. Having been at Radcot last time, and just sort of seeing the pitch and just watching a bit of the cricket this morning, it felt like one of those days when you were absolutely desperate to win the toss. I mean, it's not always the case, win the toss, you know, dominate the game in India. But I mean, Ben Stokes said, he, you know, he would have batted. He said, you know, you, in India, you generally bat first. Rohit Sharma couldn't wait to say uh, we're batting. I mean, England actually have won three of their four test matches this century, having lost the toss perversely in India. One, you know, they were put in by Raul Dravid. They won a couple of test matches in that famous series in 2012 when they, they lost the toss, batted second, but but won batting second. But the template really was that test match win on the last last tour where they won in Chennai where you win the toss get a big score make the most of it Joe Root got his double hundred and today India had that uh, privilege of, of batting first and you know in the end they pretty much made the most of it didn't they I mean they were 30 for three but 326 for five is very similar to Vizag very similar to you know the end of the first day in Vizag they were 336 for six so England got a lot of work to do in this test match.
1: Yeah, I, I had a conversation with some people uh, a few minutes ago actually about the toss in Test cricket and the toss in cricket generally and does it give the team winning the toss too much advantage? Obviously we've discussed this before and you've proposed uh, ideas about, about the toss, how to uh, rearrange it or how to structure it a different way but it does feel in India if, if, if winning the toss does create too much advantage and that kind of potential for unexpected outcomes is sort of negated a bit.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I actually wrote an article for the Cricketer about this. a few, did. A few years did. ago about, about the toss, and actually it wasn't quite as unequivocal as you suggested. There, you know, teams can win in India when they don't win the toss. As I said, in you know, England, won three Test matches in India this century with, without winning the toss. But I think on today days like today, on a sort of flattish pitch, which is going to spin later on then you, know, you love that advantage. I mean, last time in Rajkot, England won the toss. They had the advantage at the you know, start of the series. They made 311 for four on the first day. They went on to make 500 plus. They got a bit cautious, so their declaration came a bit late. India actually made quite a lot of runs in their first innings as well. So, and it was quite a slow game. But it, what it does is it, if you bat well it allows you to control the game. I mean, it doesn't guarantee anything because if you get rolled out for 250, then, you know, India get 450, you're, you're well behind the game, which actually was actually the template for the first Test match in, in this series. So it's not just about winning the toss. You know, you have to play well. As Graham Gooch says, it's not it's not winning the toss. It's, it's how you play. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you, you say it what, 30 for three, 33 for three. Yeah, it, you well, know, it, it, you think, they were well, in, the, it, yeah, they're they in a good, good position. position again.
1: I mean, certainly uh, we go back to that in a bit, but uh, certainly at the start of play, when you lose the toss on a surface like that, it's going to tax all Ben Stokes' ingenuity to, to try and ca- get something out of this game now that the Indians have managed to capitalise on, on winning the toss. And you could sort of hear it in his voice uh, as he w- it was interviewed at the toss, saying, well, what would you have done? Well, I I would have definitely batted first today. Uh, That's what you do in India if you win the toss. Uh, So slightly rueful reflection. It's going to tax all his ingenuity to get England out of this 326 for five. But I guess it's something, you know, stimulating for him. And just reflecting on him a a minute, 100 test matches. This, of course, is his 100th test uh, in his 11th year of test cricket. The first person to get to 100 Test matches was oh, wow, that's a Colin, Cowdery, Colin, Colin Cowdery. Colin Cowdery. and I remember very well his hundredth Test match. Uh, it was the first time I'd actually ever watched Test cricket. In fact, I was about nine years old, and uh, I remember seeing first him time sport- you've ever
0: been to the been to a game, was it? First time no, I was. Ever- I was watching
1: on telly. Watching on TV. And I, I remember he scored 100 in his hundredth Test match. It was at Edgbaston in 1968 against uh, Australia. And I just remember thinking, wow, you know, what?" Uh, it was the first thing that really got me into test cricket, actually, was seeing him celebrate this milestone, which was th- at that point meaningless to me, but obviously very important to him. Uh, it took him 15 years to get to 100 test matches, interestingly, uh, whereas obviously in Ben Stokes' case, only 11 years. and And that is including missing quite a bit of test cricket through both suspension and injury. So... Mm. It's amazing how you can kind of rack up 100 test matches now, but Colin Cowdery, the first to do it in in 1968, as I say, scored 100 in his 100th test. Hopefully, Stokes can do the same. I think Joe Root scored a double in his 100th test, didn't he? Which was also in, in India. Anyway, looking back at the day, Stokes actually did have quite a big... I felt quite a big impact on the day. Early wickets for England. And then I felt he held a, a sort of hold over Rohit Sharma although Rohit Sharma played superbly and got a hundred I felt he always had sort of he was always one step ahead of Rohit Sharma and he never really cut loose and so when, when eventually when Rohit Sharma got out I felt it could have been England's day but then that excellent debut of, of Safraz Khan at the end of the day kind of got it back into India's favour so that's an overview going back to the start of play though it's a fantastic start for England
0: Absolutely, they got rid of Jaiswell uh, fairly early on. There were actually just a couple of nice shots that Jaiswell played. Well, he hit his first a uh, ball for four. Actually, it was a you know lovely shot uh, down the ground. But Wood got him and uh, nicked to Joe Root at first slip, and Root took the catch. And we'll come to that in in just a moment because there was a moment later where he didn't take the catch, and I think that's probably one of the sort of really key moments of the day, and possibly the test, and possibly even the series. Then Shubman Gill. Well, we know how England spent uh, that sort of week between test matches. They spent it R&R in Abu Dhabi, didn't they? Shubman Gill looked like a someone who'd spent the week off in the corridor of total uncertainty. He, he was in the <laughs> corridor. I mean, he... He really struggled. He looked like he could be out to any ball. It was actually no surprise when he nicked off to Ben Foulkes off Mark Wood. That brought in Patidar, and that was a real bonus wicket as well for Hartley. It was a really loose shot. It was a strange dismissal. It turned a bit and bounced a bit but very slowly, and Patidar sort of patted it to cover it. It was a really weird dismissal. Suddenly, England were in dreamland. 33 for three. And then, Yoz, the really, you know, one of the big moments of the day. I'm not, I don't think I was perhaps Perhaps I was building up a bit too much when I said the match and the series. But Rohit Sharma dropped by Joe Root at slip when he'd made 27. It would have been 47 for four. It would have brought in Safaris Khan you know, on his debut. Jurel on his debut as well to come. Pressure really on. And Root spilled the chance at, at slip. It wasn't a straightforward chance. But it was one you'd hope to take. It was a bit low to the left-hand side. Very catchable. And when that went down, you thought, mm, I just wonder how costly that's going to be. And Rohit, he still rode his luck, but he, he played superbly. He's a, he's a lovely player to watch, isn't he? He's a player of fine strokes, uh, Rohit Sharma. Uh, but England did not make the most of the opportunities that, that came their way. And we'll talk about a couple of uh, rev- potential reviews later on as well. Root Ru- had a poor day, Oz. He had a really poor day. He's not had a great series. He's bowled, he's okay, in the first couple of test matches, but he went for sixty eight from his thirteen overs. They took him on and whacked him around, five and a half and over, and he dropped a you know, a catch he really hoped to take at slip.
1: I wonder if he was sort of slightly unsighted. It is harder when you're um when you're a, a slip to a spinner sometimes when a batsman's trying to turn it away to leg, but could have been. Yeah. I, I don't know. It diff- Sure, sure, you've got to take those chances when you lose the toss on a flat pitch like this. I I wasn't in a way that surprised about Shubman Gill. I think that he's a lovely touch player, but he does look flawed against pace. Uh, He doesn't move his feet very much. He looks a little bit timid, actually. He looks cowed against the pace of Mark Wood, who found some movement, obviously got, got his pace up to, I think, 94 miles an hour occasionally. So... It, it does make you do funny things pace if you're mm. not fully uh, confident. And actually I think England possibly missed a trick by not having a, a, a pace bowl or really having a go at Safra as when he first came in as well, he had most, mostly a diet of spin. He looked a bit suspect against a short ball. And uh, I think that's been proved in a couple of uh, previous uh, occasions, but yeah, you're right. 47 for four would have been a wonderful opportunity for England. Um, I mean, Rowe is, is a, a lovely player to watch. I like the way that, that England approached his, his batting. They weren't uh, intent on putting the men back. They, they forced him to, to try and find other ways of, of getting against, attacking the spinners rather than his favourite go down the wicket and hit them over the top. Then they did have uh, Ben Duckett in a kind of unusual spot, right by the sight screen, sort of deterring him from doing that one straight down the ground over the top, uh, but then he had to f- find other ways. So although he did find other ways, and and you know he played excellently, I never felt he was going to take the game away from England because you know Stokes was sort of tinkering with the field all the time, and obviously he was then joined by Jadeja, who played a, a fine hand actually, and has sort of he seems to have improved every year his batting, although he he had a pedigree as a batter you know, five, six years ago and has made triple hundreds. And this is his favourite home ground where he has an incredible record. I still felt he he looked fa- fallible as a batter, but he seems to have kind of got better and better. And even though he still looks fallible, he makes runs, doesn't he? In fact, our favourite statistician, Pushka, has come up with a, a classic uh, stat about Jadeja that he's now only just uh, around 100 runs away from becoming the first player in test history to score 2,000 runs and take 200 wickets in winning test matches. No one has ever done that before. Uh, Jadeja has about 1,900 runs now in winning test causes and over 200 wickets. So uh, a fantastic double act and shows how important
0: he is to India. So these 110 runs, and however many he's going to score on the second day, they they only count to that stat if India go on to win this game, Correct. do they? Yeah, and well, and they're in a... Very good position, aren't they? You'd like to be in this position after the first day. Just looking at the pitch, we'll talk. We'll go into more details about the day's play and some of the incidents actually involving Rohit Sharma in just a moment. But you know just thinking about the pitch. I mean, it was. It's it's quite slow. It's it, it. There is some spin there, isn't there? But you would expect it to spin more. I think you know there are some there are some cracks down it. It's quite hot in Rajcott, it's around about thirty degrees, thirty two degrees. You'd expect them to open. And they did last time I, I was there. You know, those cracks open and England had an opportunity and they probably just de- Declared a bit too late, and they had India six down, and they, they couldn't force the victory. And they thought, I think in the end, they didn't really want to risk too much because it was the first match of the series. They didn't want to see India, you know, whacking it all around the ground and winning the game. But in the end, India didn't get close. Anyway, the point being, I think there will be something there at, at the back end for India's spinners. So, you know, that first innings battle is going to be so important I think it's a bit slow it's not quite like v- Vizag Vizag had some bounce as well didn't it this one seems just seems a bit slower and a bit lower there'd be actually been one or two low balls as the day's going on but you just love to have that opportunity to bat first I think and India have had that and they've they've done pretty well with it
1: so of course you can watch this whole series on TNT sports which is the exclusive home also of UEFA Champions League, Europa League, and Europa Conference League, as well as showing Premier League football and rugby, MotoGP, boxing, UFC, NBA,
0: WWE, and more. So, have you been watching anything on TNT this week? I'll tell you what, you can watch on on TNT, but you'd have to be up all night. Is or you could you could start by watching late uh, this evening. What might be the final day of that match between New Zealand and South Africa in Hamilton, where David? Bellingham Century has set up a potential possible South African win with that third sort of, you know, that third team they've got out there. New Zealand need uh, just 260-plus to win. They're already one down for 40. I mean, they could well go on and win the game, but South Africa are in the match, and then that would be a bit of a turnout, wouldn't it, to go to New Zealand and win with a, a third team, if it happens anyway. There's still a lot of cricket left in that game.
1: Well, that's an interesting opportunity there for the South Africans. And you can stream TNT Sports on Discovery Plus or watch TNT Sports channels on EE, Sky and Virgin Media. Subscription is required, 18 plus. TNCs apply. And after the break, we're going to talk about one or two interesting, slightly controversial moments in today's play at Rajcott.
0: Well, we talked a little bit about Rohit Sharma's innings and a fine innings it was, but it wasn't a totally straightforward knock from him today. We talked about Joe Root's drop catch. There were three other incidents as well. He was given out on 29 against Jimmy Anderson. LBW shouts, so he thought Root's drop catch wasn't going to make that much difference, but actually got a feather on it. He reviewed it and the technology showed the inside edge. Then... There was an umpire's call survival against Tom Hartley on 49. That went in his favour. It was clipping the top of leg stump, I suppose. On another day, that could have gone against him. If the umpire had given him out, then he wouldn't have been able to overturn it. And then there was another one when he was on 87, when he went for a, a sweep shot and it hit him on the wrist and went up into his helmet and then went away into the leg side england appealed but it wasn't the most vehement appeal but actually the technology showed the ball didn't flick the glove i think a few people thought it flicked the glove and it was a bit it looked a bit leg side-ish but actually it hit the wrist and and the wrist is you know deemed leg if you see what i mean for leg before wicket and it would have gone on and hit the stumps and you know it's a bit similar to the uh, crawley incident in the last test match that we we discussed anyway england thought about reviewing they didn't review it it was, a, it was hard to tell on the technology whether it would have been given out because the ball went very close to the glove and there was a, just a very tiny squiggle. But I, it, when you see it face on, actually, it wasn't that close to the glove. It actually hit him on the wrist. So, you know, that went his way as well. And there was another one with Jadeja, similar sort of incident where the, that happened. And, you know, England didn't get that one as well. So there, there was it was a day of sort of nearly things uh, for England today.
1: Mm. Actually, I noticed one other thing as well. Um, I noticed a couple of times that uh, Rohit Sharma, when he blocked the ball or it hit him in the, in the pad or whatever and dropped down in front of him, he picked the ball up mm. and threw it to the fielder. In fact, I captured one of those incidents on social media and posted it on Twitter and said, dangerous game doing this in in the modern test arena. You never know what might happen after, uh, several, well, after that uh, incident of the Under-19 World Cup. And, well... I, I suppose it, it, it illustrates the, uh, the, the polite, you know, kind of lovely guy that Rohit Sharma is. He was trying to be helpful, uh, flicking the ball up to to um, Ollie Pope to, to feed back to the bowler. I noticed Jadeja did it as well. Uh, anybody who's been clamoring for it being um, trying to upset a team who are trying to get reverse swing, which was an argument touted last week on a couple of podcasts Mm. that uh, it should be outlawed, batsmen handling the ball because it can jeopardise or scupper a team's attempts to get reverse swing by keeping the ball very dry and a damp glove can rather scupper your uh, long two, three hours of trying to keep the ball as dry as possible, holding the ball very carefully. Uh, When when You notice when Johnny Bairstow, for instance, shines the ball, he holds the ball in his shirt with with the, the sleeve of his shirt covering his hands so that no moisture of any kind can get on the ball as they're getting it in that sort of reverse swing state. So, you know, the game has kind of uh, gone down a particular route, hasn't it, at certain levels anyway, of penalising this kind of uh, uh, supposed politeness. But it's nice to see, I got a letter uh, this week uh, on the Analyst Podcast email, so if you want to send us anything in, on these kind of observations, it's theanalystpodcast at gmail.com. And this is a, an email from Colin Mehigan, who said... The game has suffered recently from an unfortunate series of sporting headlines. Most recently, the Hamsa sheik incident in the Under-19 World Cup. But this is a tale of the wonderful spirit, exemplified by the Greek national team. He says, my team, Arthur's Night CC, from South Dublin, played a two-match tour of Corfu last October... Our first match was against Peshawar CC from Middlesex in the famous UNESCO World Heritage site venue in old Corfu town, which is where I played Mm. also the previous week. In fact, Uh, our second game of the tour was against none other than the Greek national side. I opened the batting, clawed my way to 12 when I was Alex Carried by the Greek wicketkeeper. Uh, referring to obviously the the Bearstow dismissal at Lords after playing and missing a pinging delivery, I shadow batted outside my crease and was promptly run out in true Johnny Bearstow fashion. However, as I made my way back to the sidelines, our gracious Greek guests withdrew the appeal. Karma visited me two balls later when I was promptly run out by the cover fielder. <laughs> I got my just desserts, but the spirit of cricket is alive and well in Corfu. So. Quite a nice story to hear there, but I suppose I'd still say, like you, don't pick the ball up, whatever yeah. cricket you're playing, because you never know how the
0: opposition are going to react to it. Well, a cu- couple of things about that. Well well done to the, the Greek uh, captain. I, I think... There's no way that Ben Stokes, as England captain, is going to appeal. I think for a batter bending down and picking the ball up, not after what he said about what happened at Lords as well. You know, I, I like to think you know we wouldn't have done that as a, as a team. In fact, we you know we wouldn't have done that as a team. So there's no way I think that you know, England are going to appeal for that sort of dismissal. But I think it's legitimate as a fielding captain if you are trying to get reverse swing to say to the opposition, don't touch the ball. You know, if it happens once, so, you know say I say if Rohit picked bent down and picked the ball up and lobbed it back. If they thought that that is going to impact the ball, I think it's perfectly decent to say, please leave the ball alone. You know, and you know why, Rohit. You, you know, I don't want your sweaty paws on that ball. So, yeah, you know, I, th- I think that is perfectly reasonable. And if if it kept on happening, then you might say, look, like, right, one more and that's it. You know, we are going to appeal for that. And we'll explain exactly why afterwards, you know, in our post-match media conference or whatever. You know, you can, you can j- definitely use that as a tactic. But... Yeah, I mean, gen, gen, it's it's not the way it seems to me. <laughs> uh, ben Stokes uh, l- likes to play the game.
1: No, I think so. you're right. I think one way he does like to play the game, though. And by the way, thank you very much to Colin Megan for for that for that email. The email address again, if you want to get in touch with us and, and tell us about anything like that, is the Analyst at gmail.com. And uh, Rohit Sharma, in the end, was subjected to uh, the classic Stokes formula of the bouncer barrage, mm. uh, Mark Wood from round the wicket. And it was interesting watching that because, again, as I said, I think I felt Stokes all along sort of had had um, Rohit Sharma's measure in a way. He was always sort of one step ahead. You, all right, you know, the guy got a 100, played superbly, but he never got the game away from England. And in the end, England did get him out with the bouncer barrage. And it was funny, I, I don't know why, I don't understand why a player of this ability takes this kind of challenge on. With all the men scattered around the boundary on the leg side, it only needs one slight miscue and you're gone, having put in all that effort to make that that 100 runs and all that kind of uh, abstinence in a way. So he gone for one hook off a ball which was all over his head and he got a top edge and it bounced once just before Zach Crawley on the boundary. And I thought then... That was a bit rash. And the, the commentator said, oh, yeah, you know, he was in control of it. No, he wasn't. He wasn't looking at it. He top-edged it halfway to the boundary, luckily get away. The next time he tried it again with three men on the on the catch on the leg side, he just toe-ended it or spliced it to, to Stokes at, at short mid-wicket. And, and he knew what was coming. Why didn't he just get out of the way? And bowlers will get tired in the end, you said. It's 30 degrees. Mark Wood only has three or four overs uh, at his disposal, that kind of mode of... Of, of bowling, there's no Stokes to do that kind of bouncer barrage either. That kind of leg theory
0: tactic. So just weather it. Just get out of the way. And he he, he threw his wicket away there. Yeah, and England have only got two pace bowlers as well, and one of them is Jimmy Anderson, who you know, he's that that game of banging in is not really his sort of game, is it? Yeah, it was. Well, it was a ma- massive bonus for England to get rid of Rohit. And one thing I suppose you could say, you know, it, it was hot. He has got 130. Perhaps he was feeling quite confident, wanted to take it on. And, you know, when you're in your mid-late 30s, as Rohit is, you get tired as well. And perhaps it's just a, you know, a lack of uh, concentration allied to some tiredness. But he's certainly done some damage for his team. I mean, England, were 30, England had them at 33 for three. Double century partnership with Jadeja so you know the great fight back from India I was I actually really quite surprised that Jadeja made this test match he was injured I wrote it down on the 28th of January where he pulled up with that hamstring injury it's quite quick to come back from a hamstring two and two and a half weeks and he, I was watching his running <laughs> we'll talk yeah. about that in just a moment I was watching his running and he was running some sharp singles as well he was he was uh, Rowan's not perhaps the best uh, player for someone like Jadeja uh, to run with so I kept an eye on that and you know for, Five days, a long test match. He's done some bowling to do, some fielding to do as well. You know, I hope he's okay. I hope he doesn't, you know, doesn't aggravate it because that will obviously be a major blow for India. you know, to come back quickly. But, I mean, he's demonstrated. I mean, he's shown already. I mean, he's, he might well have helped them win this test match with, with that 100 already in that double 100 partnership. But, yeah, well done to him for getting back on the field because normally a hamstring injury tells you when it's ready and to come back that quickly from a hamstring is He's pretty good, actually, and quite surprising. So he's back on the field. Um, Sarfraz Khan, we should talk about Sarfraz, shouldn't we? We've seen him in the IPL, exuberant player, fantastic first-class record. He averaged, he averaged 92 last year, 122 the year before. His overall first-class average is 70. He once scored, I was looking at this, he once made 439 as a 12-year-old in a, a schoolboy match. I mean that, I mean that is greedy, isn't it? I mean th- most schoolboy matches don't last long enough for that. I think it was a two-day <laughs> game. But, you know, 439 as a 12-year-old and it's a great it's day for him. And his dad yeah. was there, you know, hugged him when he was given his cap. I mean, it's a one I love those stories, you know, when it's, it's clear that his father sacrificed a lot for his son's career. It's a great it's a great feeling for the for the parents, isn't it? And the family to see someone achieve yeah, you know, the ultimate really was just to play for your country, in a test match. So a, f- a fabulous day for Savers, and he plays splendidly as well. I mean, he's great. I mean, you know, much better coming in at two thirty-seven for four, than as it would have been forty-seven for four if Joe Root had taken that catch. It slipped. The pressure, uh, not so great. But he, you know, he played really well. He played in that sort of attacking, exuberant style. Until he found Jadeja at 99 not out at the other end and Jadeja sold him down the river. He flicked it to, towards Wood at, at mid-on, set off the single, Safraz set off at the non-strikers, Jadeja sent him back and Mark Wood, who had a great day actually, didn't he? Took three wickets, dead eye throw, took out a stump and Safraz was run out. So that was a real bonus wicket for England at the end of the day's play. He was um, threatening to to wreak even more havoc safraz Sarfraz can.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I, I really enjoyed watching him bat, actually. I thought he had a beautiful method, a uh, lovely way that he manipulated the spinners, actually. Just uh, stood, stood back on his stumps, waited the ball, for the ball to come to him, just nudged it into little gaps on the leg side or the offside. Beautiful balance, lovely touch play. Then when the spinners overpitched, he walloped them back over their head. Really positive approach. Not in any way constrained by Stoke's kind of aura that he's kind of exerted, I think, over some of these Indian batsmen. Uh, interesting that you you say he got four hundred and thirty nine in a in a school game. I mean, that's still almost two hundred less than the record ever score. Which I I, I always think of you when uh, I think of this because it was somebody called A A J Collins who made six hundred and twenty eight not out. It's a score I always remember from reading in Wisden when I was you know a kid, and he it ma- he made it at uh, Clifton College. So just down the road from where you're from. And the scorecard of that 628 not out was for a long time in the Bristol Cricket Ground Pavilion on the wall. His own scorecard entry takes up about five spots on the traditional old-fashioned scorecard because he faced so many balls. I think the innings lasted four afternoons. <laughs> you know, There's so many, obviously, numbers written in. It's all done by hand. Um, absolutely fantastic. Well, Sarfraz, he's got potential to, to, to obviously have, have quite a decent test career. Uh, there's a slot there for him, I guess. Uh, he could make his own. He's young enough. Although he's played four or five seasons in the Ranji Trophy, he's still only 26. Good time, actually, to come into test cricket, isn't it? You know, where you've, you've built your game, you're fairly confident in your method, and uh, it, was, it was a shame he was denied, well, a potential 100 on debut because he wasn't looking in any trouble.
0: There've been lots of calls for him to play, haven't there? I mean, you, you hear it—it's sort all of the chatter, you know, behind the scenes. You know, why Safras not got a chance? Look at his first-class record—it's absolutely fantastic. Because it hasn't really been, an, it's a really obvious opening. And it's the you know the fact that Kohli's not there, KL Rahul is not there, Shreyas Iyer was in occupation, but he's been dropped because of of poor form. So finally he gets his chance. So he's fortunate in a way. That you know, that that has happened, but also the fact that he's not, you know, 32 or whatever, or 30 by the time he gets his chance, because it, you know, it it can happen like that, can it? And the whole sort of middle order gets you know, bottled up because you've got these great players, uh, you know, and it's very hard to to move them. You're not you're not going to get an opportunity. He's he's living in a time where India has a lot of talent you know, to choose from. He's got his chance today, and people saw it, and yeah, wonderful wonderful day for him. I wonder how you'll be thinking tonight, y'all. We'll Is be thinking well? I'd have taken 62 on my debut, but actually, I'm a scorer of 430s. You know, I don't want to be sawn off by uh, a guy who's on 99 not out. I want to, I want to plunder another 250. I
1: will tell you, who else was 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 furious about that dismissal was Rohit Sharma. Did you see in the in the dressing room? He hurled his baseball cap to the ground in the in the dressing room in fury at Jadeja, who'd been stuck in the 90s for 30 odd balls about half an hour or so, and there was a lot of yes, no, wait, sorry, kind of calling in that partnership with Safaraz. So Jadeja annoyed his captain there with that sort of pondering over that 100. Isn't it funny how players, Mm. you know, have got absolutely no problems getting to 90 and then suddenly in that period between 90 and 100, uh, they they struggle and uh, cause the downfall of a partner at the other end. How many times did Donald Bradman get out in the 90s? Do you know the answer to that? I bet the answer is none. It is. The answer Mm. is zero. I told Ricky Ponting that the other day and he didn't know, actually. Uh, Amazing. I mean, but Bradman just said, I never suffer from nerves. And I think because Jadej has only converted three or four uh, opportunities into hundreds in test hundreds in the past, he's probably feeling the the pressure of this this is a guy who never converts. Mm. He did in the end, but it cost him a, a wicket in the process.
0: Yeah, that was his fourth Test 100. So do you think Safrez Khan will not be singing the Ravi Jadeja song uh, tonight then? Well,
1: not as badly <laughs> as you, anyway.
0: <laughs> okay, Yoz, let's draw this to a close. We've had one day of the third uh, Test match. What What's your hunch about this game? i mean, I got that sort of Vizag first day uh, feeling. Mind you, I had, a, I had a Hyderabad second day feeling as well. And that ultimately... Pro- proved to be totally incorrect because England produced a, a, a massive heist, the heist of Hyderabad, but they were vanquished in, in Vizag. Where are they going in in Rajkot? What, 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 how do you see this match panning out? We've seen the pitch, we've seen the score after the first day. How many India are India going to get? What sort of problem does that pose England on this surface?
1: Could you say ravaged in Rajkot, perhaps? Could do. I don't know. I, I think England are looking down the barrel a bit. It looks a flat pitch, so... Batting on the first two days should be okay, but India have the better attack. I think unless England can can knock India over for uh, another fifty runs, they're they're struggling to. You know, they they might get to par in, in the first innings possibly, but it's going to be hard batting last. I reckon with a with a lot of runs to to play with. I, I guess in a way, what England can hope for is to try and get to to parity in the first innings and then strike. In the second innings of, of, of India's, in India's second innings, try and get them out for 200 and then you're in the game, aren't you? So, you know, first things first, get India out for 420. Second thing, get to 400 yourselves and
0: then you've got a chance. But that's asking a lot, really. Yeah, there's still a bit of batting to come for India. There's the, the debutant uh, wicketkeeper, Jarell. He's 23 years of age. He's got a good first-class record as well. He's only played 15 games, mind you, but he, he does average 46, made a half-century against the Lions. And then there's Ashwin to come as well. They've still got to get rid of uh, Jadeja, so there is a bit of batting there. You, you, you'd you think India would be able to cobble 400-plus runs from here, wouldn't you? I mean, if South Wales can't have stayed in, you'd think, well, it could, it, could, it could even be looking at 500. And then it's all on England's... First innings batting, which hasn't been that good in the series. It's, you know, there's been a lot of shots played, but it's been that sort of 250 batting, isn't it? Really, and that is not good enough in India. You've got to go big in the first innings. That's how India win their Test matches, really. Going big in the first innings, and then getting their their spinners involved, or if not them, uh, Jasprit Bumrah. They got, I think they got a good attack in this game as well. Their attack is so much stronger than England's. I thought it looked a bit. Th- it looked a bit three-man today. England. Joe Root had a really poor day with the ball. Ran armid bowled some nice balls, but you got knocked around a bit as well. Hartley, yeah, steady, steady, yeah. steady. And Mark Wood excellent. Jimmy Anderson tidy. You know, didn't pick up a wicket. Could easily have done so. Went past the outside edge. You know, LBW shouts. Not quite his his day. But just like England's attack just didn't for that surface against a questionable Indian batting lineup. Just didn't quite have enough answers today. I mean, They're not out of the game. They're not out of the game, let's say that. But you'd far rather be in India's position after the first day. Of course you would.
1: Yeah, yeah. well, we'll be back after the second day's play to report on that and see how England can do after a first day which, say, pretty much has belonged to India. Of course, it's all viewable on TNT Sports and we'll be back at the same time tomorrow. And if you like this podcast, don't forget to like it and follow us and you'll get it automatically.
0: Thanks very much for listening. Goodbye for now. Sports Social Podcast Network.